We're on page 21, Sif Beis of this Mimer, this new Mimer, V'yachid Levavenu. Just to recap, V'yachid Levavenu, L'yav Lirish Mechel, unite our hearts to love and fear your name, which is a request from Hashem that we should have a arousal of love and fear for Hashem. In order that there should be a proper arousal of love and fear, which are positive commandments, like the Ramam says, um, a person has to be properly engaged in the Avoida of Tefillah. Because this is Eidus of Avoida, is the ultimate purpose of the service of the heart, which is prayer. And upon this service of the heart and this arousal of love and fear, does the person's Avoida all the day, the rest of the day, and, and fulfilling Tehidu Mitzvahs depend on? How much he arouses his love and fear during prayer will depend how much he is totally involved and he puts the proper energy and enthusiasm into his Aveda of Tehidu and also in his acting with the proper Mides, proper character traits the whole day. When a person when a person prays with Kavana, each person according to his level is proper concentration. What does it mean, Kavana? With a Mesira and a Sina Panimi, with a total dedication and surrender of, of his whole of his whole life to Hashem and with the inner feeling and the inner enthusiasm. That, and how does he do this? With the meaning that he knows that he's standing directly before Hashem, and that Hashem's glory fills the whole earth, and there is no place void of Hashem, and the person, and Hashem is standing literally upon the person, and listening to every single word that he's saying in his davening. With that kavana, a person can totally come to this state of mesira and nesina When he thinks about this and he concentrates upon this, then he can really dedicate himself during davening and with a truly true enthusiasm during his davening. And what is the whole idea of ava? It's the idea of kiruv, meaning. When is a person aroused with love for Hashem because of his feeling of great closeness to Hashem? That he contemplates that the essence of Hashem is totally close to him. Like it says, Hashem is close to all call upon him. And Yira, fear is from the great awe and trepidation that falls upon a person when he realizes the great the great the greatness and the exaltedness of Hashem who is standing upon him and is right here in front of him. He's standing in front of the greatest king of kings. So therefore it's a great awe. So such a prayer, besides the fact that it's obviously received by Hashem with a great pleasure, besides that, the Ava and Yida, the love and fear of this prayer, affects a person and basically infuses within his avoid of fulfilling Tehidu Mitzvahs the whole day, it infuses within that, it imbues within his avoid of the whole day with a chayas of Mesina Nesina Linyana Likus, that he now approaches his avoid of Tehidu with a true inner vitality, an inner enthusiasm, and a dedication to anything which is Hashem's matters, to any godly matters. Meaning that he's oimid b'matzav toiv. In general, he's in a good matzav. Then, the pretty good goes to this gishmaka shtickle of Yiddish here, that he becomes edel, and he's also very sensitive to edelkeit and ruchnis. Like we see in the natures of people, there are certain people that an inyan ruchni, an inyan liki, like ashkacha protis, a gishmak and a mitzvah, or a midatoiva, is more sensitive to these things. The more sensitive, he recognizes the shkacha protis more. He has more of a natural gishmak and a mitzvah, or doing a good deed. Um, and it, it leaves a, 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 a true impact on him, doing a mitzvah. Or the gishmak or ashkach pratis it truly impacts him. Whereas a person, another person, just like he sees ashkach pratis, ah, it doesn't matter, it's not a big deal. This person, he truly it leaves a true reishim on him, an impact. In tzitzuruchnius in edelkeit, he has a natural pull to spiritual spirituality and to edelkeit to being refined. That's only all. This is only applicable when a person is oiskim vedish b'leiv tefila when he's truly engaged in a proper tefila. Then mizdak of his his emotions become more refined. And the fulfillment of Tater Mitzvah and the way he acts the whole day is in a good matzav. 
However, when his davening is in a way, a way of mitzvah, just a routine, the way that he was told to do as a kid, but not because he's truly involved in it, and he just hops his davening, tries to get it over with, and not only does not become aroused with love and fear, which comes from a proper contemplation of godliness, but rather he doesn't even know the actual meaning of the words which he's saying at this moment. Um, his davening is just a just rote, just like another thing, like, like brushing teeth, God forbid, you know, but that's what it comes to be. And sometimes he's so he's so taken over by thoughts, different thoughts of idle things, which have nothing to do with davening, to the extent that he forgets which part of davening he's holding at. Not just because he's not paying attention to the fact that he's standing before the greatest king, Hashem. Rather, it's as if he's actually he's literally forgetting totally about godliness. But then, obviously, the Fidgebbe Bavarns, he says, no, you don't think that Hesachadas, he's having a Hesachadas. He's Sheikhech, he's forgetting at this moment that he's standing before Hashem, but he's not truly diverting his attention from godliness. It's not possible to say that he's totally diverting his attention from godliness. Because um, the whole idea of Hesachadas is when a person is doing something, like he's wearing film, and his mind and his heart are, are busy, are involved in other things. And the person somebody asks about this person, what's what's on your head? What's on your arm? And because he's so busy thinking about these other things, which have nothing to do with film, he doesn't even answer. And he has to, it takes a second for him to realize what, what he's talking about. Oh yeah, I'm wearing my film. That's Hesachadas. Such a Hesachadas from Elokus is not Shaykh by Yid. Because every single moment, every single, um, every single moment, the name of Hashem is constantly, basically, fluent in the mouths of everyone. To the extent that whenever you ask a person, even in the moment where he's totally busy not thinking about this, he'll answer, Baruch Hashem. Of course, thank you, thank God, I'm doing well. So even the lowest of the low is connected to godliness. It just, the fact that it, it can become very concealed. And therefore, you might need certain things to help reveal this inherent connection. And that's what it says, Hashem has made plans that nobody should be constant, that should be forever pushed away from him. That from Hashem does that from above, he causes things to happen. Different, uh, um, he basically is the orchestrator of events that a person should be brought back to, um, that should be revealed as inherent connection, be brought back to godliness. And there's two ways that this can happen: either through a great kiruv Hashem gives him a lot of blessings and he feels very close to Hashem, and therefore it reveals his connection, or through a bitush or richuk, Hashem gives him trials and tribulations, and yisurim, and that is how his connection to godliness is, is re revealed. Because the whole idea of Hesachadas from godliness is not shaykh by anybody, any person. Therefore, no matter what happens, Hashem can wake it up. Because we all have this godly soul, which is literally a piece of Hashem. Just like the father, the son is a piece of a father. Inside of him, therefore, they have this inherent, essential love between them. That's where we ended off. See, Beis, even though this idea of Hezekadas, totally, totally diversion of the Yid's attention from godliness is not possible by a Yid, but we still can have this idea of Shikha forgetting godliness. Like we said, the person is during, during Davni forgets. Um, it could be that he, he totally forgets about that he's standing before Hashem at this moment. Not that he's totally diverted his attention, that he has no connection in whatsoever, but he at least has this idea of Shikha. And for a guest, a woman is, for a person can have this state that he forgets where he is, that he's standing in the place of the oil maid, the tent of meeting, which is usually about the Mishkan, but here he's talking about 
the place of the shul, place of davening, a place which is unique, which is set aside specifically for pouring out your soul to Hashem. He's forgetting that where am I right now? I'm in a place which is dedicated, designated for me to pour out my soul to Hashem at this moment. And he forgets about that during davening sometimes. Like the verse speaks about this idea that I will pour out my soul before Hashem in prayer. Another verse says, David Melech says in Tilim, a prayer to the poor person, Kiyatif. That is that he becomes um, tired, he becomes weary. The ani pirushi chaser. So, meaning the prayer of the poor person is when he becomes weary. Therefore, he prays to Hashem, "Please give me something. I don't have any food. I'm, I'm totally hungry. I have nothing." And therefore, he prays to Hashem. He pours out his soul for Hashem to, for Hashem should give him something to give him something to keep him alive. So this idea of shikha, a person can forget that he's standing in this place which is designated specifically for pouring out your soul for Hashem. Now we're speaking about the idea of pouring out the soul. Explain this verse now. A ani, poor person means he's missing something. That's what the word ani means. That you're missing something. Somebody who's missing something, whether it be money, food, or even um, knowledge, awareness, that's called a poor person. He's missing something. There's different, many different ways in the lackings and the poor, the poorness of people. There's a certain poor person who's missing in his health. God forbid. Hashem save us. Or there's another person that's missing something. He's poor because he's missing children. He doesn't have any children or his children are sick. Or there's another poor person in the simple sense of poor, which usually the word poor implies that he's literally missing food and um, sustenance for the people of his house, for his family. And then there's another person who is poor, badas, with his knowledge, with his awareness. What does it mean that he's ani badas? That he's missing the spiritual sustenance of teira and avoda and the service of davening. And he's mukabakamet nefesh, and he's inflicted with many different soul uh, sicknesses. Hashem save us. He's sick in the soul because he's missing in his spiritual sustenance. And somebody who is missing, he's an ani. He's missing something, whatever it may be. And then the verse says, that he becomes weary. So when a person is missing something, and whatever it may be, like we said, all these different levels are missing. His soul becomes totally weary and totally with agmas nefesh, with the total bothered and weary. And that's what happens. That's why the verse points out that automatically becomes a tufa, becomes weary. And because he's missing something and he becomes very weary, sim, and bothered, therefore he cries the a intense bitterness from the depths of his heart, with supplications, and with a arousal of mercy from Hashem on his soul. Please, Hashem, have mercy on my soul. He realizes that he's missing something, food, he's missing health, he's missing, he's missing in his connection to spirituality. That arouses with him that he should be a tufa, a weariness, which is expressed in the fact that he cries with the bitterness from the depths of his heart, please, Hashem, have mercy on me, that it get me out of the state of anius. And it says, now we're going back to a person is forgetting that he's standing in this holy place of the oil made, the place which is designated for pouring out your soul before Hashem because you're missing something, whether it be physical missing, spiritual missing. 
So when you're in this place, this holy place, it says about this holy place, build for me, make for me a sanctuary. This is a unique place. What's its uniqueness? It's a place which designated that Hashem listens and pays attention to the tefillah, to the prayers and the supplications of those who are brokenhearted. Like we just said, the anim, the poor people who are missing something, they're brokenhearted because of what they're missing. And this person that is forgetting about godliness, he's forgetting where he is, he's forgetting that he's in this special place designated for pouring out his soul for what he's missing. So this person, not only that he doesn't pay attention, and he doesn't think and deepen himself, and deepen his mind, his concentration in the great holiness of this place, which is designated for prayer, for pouring out your soul. Not only does he not pay attention to that fact, that this is a place which is very holy and designated specifically for Hashem and to pour out your soul for Hashem for what you're missing like, it, like the sages say whoever establishes a place for his prayer that the God of Avram helps him so we see it's a it's a set place for prayer so Meaning a person has to realize that this is this set place, this is this unique place for prayer, meaning for for um, requesting from Hashem everything that I need, that I'm missing something. Pouring out my soul from Hashem. So whoever establishes a, a place for prayer, Hashem helps him. So a person's not aware of this. Not only is the person not aware of this, even more so. He's not properly aware of the holiness of this place where he is. It could be this person is his forgetfulness of godliness is expressed even more that he is being he's being frivolous to profane the holy purposely to the extent that he actually just talks about um, during davening about different things uh, meaning just different idle talk which have nothing to do with davening at all so not only is he not properly aware of the holiness of this place and what the purpose is, that it's all basically for pouring out your soul for what you're missing from Hashem, but the person is even being frivolous and profaning this place purposely and just totally just forgetting what, what what's going on here. I mean, he's having discussions, conversations that have nothing to do with davening. And this is because of his kalas adas, the lightness of his das, this frivolousness that he has, that he's not properly paying attention and properly connected and properly aware of what's happening. And so the general, basically, theme of this person's davening that's holding on this level where he's forgetting godliness to the extent where he's totally being frivolous and having discussions, conversations have nothing to do with davening. So this person's davening, the theme of his davening is not only that it's not a supplication, praying to Hashem, meaning asking for Hashem's mercy to fulfill his needs. And it's not a, even a request of Hashem for whatever he needs. It's just, his davening is just basically paying back a debt. I have a debt. I have something I have to do. I have to daven. I got to get it out of the way. I got to pay off my debt. It's not a feeling where, please Hashem, help me. I need some. I need something. I need you to sustain my life. I need you to give me what I'm missing. No, it's just, let's get this out of the way. I need to pay off my debt and get on with my day. He doesn't want davening at all. He doesn't have any desire, any interest in davening. It's just something which is behechich. He's forced to do. The gantin in the tefillah is by him a oil kovit. 
the whole the whole davening by this person is just a heavy yoke upon him that he has to throw off. He knows he has to daven, so he davens. He has no deep pleasure in his davening. On the contrary, his davening is very hard for him. It's very, very difficult for him to daven. Like we see clearly in the, na- in the natures of people. When somebody does something just because he's forced to, because he has to, like he must do it. It just becomes a heavy yoke upon the person. So it's self-understood that such a prayer, which is done just because it's a yoke, just because he has to, he has to get out of the way. He's just paying off his debt. Such a prayer, um, it's impossible that it should be received by Hashem with a proper pleasure and this is not a proper prayer which is going to be received by Hashem in a good way. And on the contrary, etc., it's not going to be, not only is it not going to be received properly, but it's going to be thrown thrown back. That's why the Friedrich doesn't say it. And not only, now, that was from Hashem's perspective, this such a davening is not it's not accepted favorably. Also down here, it's understood. Asher tefila kazu such a prayer. Not only does it not affect a good effect in his fulfillment of tefila mitzvahs and the way he acts the rest of the day, it doesn't infuse his actions the rest of the day with a holiness and with a inner vitality and inner connection to godliness. On the contrary, such a tefila, which is just as paying off of a paying off a debt. It actually brings about a true coldness and indifference in his fulfillment of Torah mitzvahs the whole day and in any godly matters. Um, so in general, it makes him indifferent in fulfillment of Torah mitzvahs not having any vitality in all in his fulfillment of Torah mitzvahs, whatever Torah mitzvahs he's going to fulfill the rest of the day. And especially when it comes to anything godly, he's just going to be totally indifferent and cold, not have any feeling towards it if he davens in a way where he's just paying off his debt. Because why does this happen when he has such a prayer? Because besides the fact that he's empty of any godly um, of any intellectual contemplations of godliness, because he didn't focus on these he's this, these proper contemplations. We said so he's supposed to focus on during davening. And and he also does not have any um, any emotional connection to things which are more refined. So besides the fact that such a person is having this davening, he's empty, so not even connected to godliness, he's empty from chlal, anything, um, any intellectual stimulation, any intellectual ideas, and he has no feeling for more refined, abstract things. On the contrary, this person becomes very, very magushim, because very, very um, physical, meaning very, very coarse. And just connected more to physical. If he's not uplifting himself during davening, he's automatically his physical body is taking over and making him more coarse. That's why when a person that Abishur gave us this moment to daven in the morning, like it says in other Maimonim, it's uh, the neshama when you wake up, because a lot of the a part of the neshama was uh, mystalic, removed back to its source, and the person's only left with a kista de chayusa, just a little trace of life. So. The purpose of davening is now to uh, cause that your neshama should be expressed and should be mispashate, extend, expand into your whole body to basically uplift the body. And then afterwards, then you can take on the physical things of the day, not being taken over just by the physical aspect of them, but with a inner purpose, with a godly purpose behind them. But if a person doesn't uplift himself during davening, so then his neshama still remains very, very not expressed within his body. 
it remains neshama ba'apay, like it says, just in, in the nose, meaning totally not expressed and not felt within the physical, within the physicality of the person. And therefore, if he doesn't have a proper davening, he doesn't cause the neshama to be expressed and to be expanded within his whole body. So the gashmis of the body takes over. So therefore, a person, he, not only is this person not shayich called he has no feeling for um, abstract, for refined ideas, and for refined emotions, and etc. But this person, because he didn't have a proper avodah during davening, so his gashmias took over. He didn't give the soul a expression during davening. A very it becomes very very coarse and grub. As their inyan fun get is invite, and godliness is very far from him, very distant from this person. When their kolos in ruchnius is in front, and general the general spirituality is very foreign to this person. While er is zeir fargrept and sitzich to to because this person, being that he didn't basically allow his soul to expand and express in in his body, so he becomes very very grub, very coarse, and he's naturally um, he's naturally drawn to grubkeit now to coarseness. Lahepich mamish from them was alain ves was is alain edel and hatam shacha to edelkeit and ruchnius. Literally the opposite to a person who is very um, refined by himself, and himself is very refined, and he has a natural draw, a natural tendency to be drawn to to things which are refined and to spiritual things. This person, because of his lack of davening, his proper davening, becomes naturally drawn to coarse things. Erez Alain Grub, this person, he is very grub in himself, very coarse. When Zayn Gantam Shacha is to grubkeit, and his whole draw, what is he drawn to- towards the rest of the day? Just to coarse things. Physical things, food, drink, anything which stimulates the physical. He's not being drawn naturally to spiritual things. He doesn't want to be, he's not drawn naturally to open a safer and to sit and learn or to to listen to Gishmaka Maise. He's just drawn to physical things, to grub things. Meaning, this is not to say that a person, this person's brain and his intellect do not receive or basically are not able to receive. Um, intellectual ideas, refined intellectual ideas. Because this person, we see that he is able to understand worldly ideas. Next page now, he's able to understand them well. We could talk to him about politics and about different ideas in his work, which do require intellectual engagement, and he can understand them. So we're not talking about that this person, Michal, has no um, ability to intellectualize and to basically be involved in intellectual ideas because he does we see politically he's very aware and in his job business-wise he's even able to come up with different ideas in his business and totally novel ideas the main reason here which he is not able to basically have a, a um, connection to Edelkeit and Ruchnis here is because he doesn't want it er will garnet veren Edler and Hecher the reason why he can't, he's not being drawn to Edelkeit, to refined spirituality, to godliness, is because Ervil Garnit, he, he totally does not want to become more refined and more higher, and to bring put himself to a higher spiritual level. So this is the beginning of page 22, the top, the second line from the top. We'll stop there and continue on to the next Sif, or to the next, uh, the end of this, uh, the rest of the page. The next time, so basically, we just ended off saying that this person that has shikha, uh, he's forgetting where he is, he's forgetting he's in a place of pouring out his soul for Hashem, he's forgetting that he has an anius to him. There's many different levels, if, even if he's not poor physically, but he could be poor spiritually, he's missing his connection to Hashem. 
And so that should bring about in this person a bitterness that he feels he wants to ask mercy and crying, please Hashem, help me fulfill my needs, my missing, my missing spiritual connection. So this person is forgetting about all this. That the, that the place where he's standing right now is a place where it's designated that Hashem listens to your prayers. Not only is he not properly aware of this holiness of this place, um, even more so, he's basically in a state of kalas frivolousness, taking everything lightly, to the extent where he can have discussions and conversations about nothing to have to do with davening during davening. So the general theme of his davening, not only is it not requesting and asking mercy from Hashem, rather it's just he's just paying off his debt he doesn't want this at all. He just feels like he's forced to do it. He knows it's a, it's. I got a daven, so I got to get it over with. It's a very heavy yoke upon him. He has no geshmak on adrav. It's very hard for him to daven. We see many people they do something just because they're they forced to. It becomes like a heavy yoke upon them. And so not only does this davening not become accepted favorably by Hashem, um, on the contrary, it's pushed away. And on, also down here, such a such a davening not only. Does it not bring any good effect in your fulfillment of Terry Mitzvahs the rest of your day and infuse it, imbue it with a inner vitality? On the, on the contrary, it actually brings about the opposite. It brings about a coldness and indifference in your fulfillment of Terry Mitzvahs the rest of the day. And not only is this person empty from any askola sichlis and he has no hergish badakas on the feeling of refined things, he becomes a remiskashim because he didn't allow his soul to become expressed in the physical after he woke up in the morning. So therefore, it becomes more grub. He's drawn naturally to grubkite and godliness is very foreign to him now. And he's totally opposite of the person who's refined, inherently refined, and he's drawn naturally to spiritual things. He becomes very grub, and he's all he's drawn to is grub guy. Not that he doesn't understand things. He does understand things. We see in the worldly things, politics, business, he does understand things. The main thing here, why he's naturally drawn to grub guy, is because he doesn't want edelkeit. He doesn't want ervil garnet ver edler nechahi. If he digs deep, he'll see he doesn't want to become more edel, more refined, and more higher. He just wants to be involved in grub guy. That's what we'll stop for.